Coming up on Rugby Wrap-Up, head coach Gary Gold of Team USA. Brought to you by our friends of the British Council. Hey everybody and welcome back to Rugby Wrap-Up in New York City. That's right, the Fantasy Sports Network Studio 34 here in Midtown Manhattan. And we have another Friends of the British Council Community Corner segment. And we've got a big guest for you today. We've got none other than Team USA head coach Gary Gold calling in from the state of Colorado. Welcome, Coach Gold. Thanks, great to be here. Are you in Lafayette right now? Yeah, that's right. At the offices at Lafayette and, uh, yeah, uh, getting down to some work for the June planning. All right. Well, on behalf of the American rugby community, I want to officially welcome you to the United States, my friend. It's good to have you. Thank you very much. Yeah, it's good to be here. All right. So for the folks at home that might not know you, Coach, uh, you have a very impressive rugby resume. And if, correct me at any given point where I might be mistaken, but... It's taken you across the globe, uh, specifically in the Premiership. You've been involved with the London Irish and Newcastle and Bath in a head coaching capacity. And most recently, you're with the Worcester Warriors as a director of rugby. You've also been in Japan and in your native South Africa. You were an assistant coach with the Springboks. An important note there is that you were with a team that beat the All Blacks three times. Is that correct? That is correct. <laughs> yeah. Three three times. Three times. That is amazing. Uh, you were yeah. also head coach of Sharks and Western Province. Is that right? Yes. Yes. And you were also an assistant coach on the Springboks team that beat the British and Irish Lions. Yes, that's correct. You've done a lot, and, and, and you've had a lot of success. <laughs> um, uh, thanks, Matt. Um yeah, I've done a lot. Um, I think um, as a coach, you always want more success. Um, unfortunately, it's a little bit of a, a greedy lifestyle we lead in yes. terms of the fact that you always try to chase trophies and, and, and be successful. But um, for me, without going into too much detail, coaching is, is, is a lot more than just winning and losing for me. You know, it's about uh, creating memories, uh, creating um, incredible opportunities for young guys to enjoy this amazing game of rugby, and and um, and, and it's it's a metaphor for life. You know, it's it's a tough sport. I mean, you get a lot of ups and downs in rugby. Uh, it shows a lot of character in in, in individuals, and um, as I say, you make some amazing friends in the sport. So uh, that's why I've never really felt this is a job because it's more of a passion. And uh, but I yeah I, I I enjoy the job very much, and particularly a challenge like we have now with the Eagles. Is something that's incredibly exciting. So you mentioned the Eagles. Uh, this is basically, <clears throat> out of all your experiences, I would imagine that maybe Japan comes closest uh, in terms of, you know, this being a tier two nation, but even Japan has professional rugby. We are in the embryo stages of professional rugby here in the United States. So you're facing a whole different animal here. You're facing a country that really hasn't had that professional setup. You're facing a vast, size-wise, a vast country, which people overseas sometimes don't understand fully. And now you're here, and there's a, lot, there's a bit of lack of resources. There are a lot of challenges for you here. What are your biggest challenges ahead of you right now? I mean, I think, I, I think you've summed it up really well. Um, I think 
the the biggest challenge at the moment now is that the game is not yet truly professional. Um, if you consider the way um, any of the, the other major league sports run, and I'm talking about the big sports in NFL, NBA, NHL, um, even you know how, how much uh, major league soccer has grown in the US, it's, it's an incredible story. Um, because you're not at that size yet, you don't have those resources. Um, and it's a slightly chicken and egg scenario because you need to be successful in order to get those resources. And sometimes it's going to be trickier to become successful until you have the, until you, until you have those resources. So, um, um, that, that's where the challenge lies really. Uh, but I, I, I think there's a lot of solutions. I think there are a lot of solutions. Uh, um, I know there's been some troubled times over the last couple of years with the, the starting of the potentially the game becoming professional and then slipping up a little bit. And obviously now we, we're on the eve of the Major League Rugby starting, which I just think is incredibly exciting for the country. Um, and just to get the game of rugby out into the masses, which is going to be brilliant. Um, but, you know, there are challenges out there. But, you know, the funny the funny thing is, you know, you've got, You've got big challenges in Tier 1 countries as well. You know, the crowds are down in Super Rugby at the moment. Um, the format of the competition is flawed. Um, and, um, and and people are losing interest in the game uh, from that point of view. So it, everybody's got their challenges. But, I mean, wow, what better country to be in where there are challenges because, you know, um, America understands sport. And um, that, that's what excites me so much about, you know, the passion and the enthusiasm behind the people running the game of rugby at the moment in the U.S. So I, I, I got to bring it up. I know we spoke off camera and you're not really fully up to speed or it's not really your your area <clears throat> of expertise, but you've got some struggles going on with rugby international marketing, the for-profit partner of USA Rugby. And you've got the board of directors of USA Rugby under some upheaval. Does this worry you in terms of the financial fitness of the overall entity and maybe affecting high performance at all? Matt, as I explained to you when we had a brief conversation off camera as well, is, is the, the truth of the matter is I don't know enough about it. Um, and and I'm not so sure I, I'm actually that interested in, in the politics of what's going on. I mean, my focus area at the moment is, while it's truly around um, – the, the Eagles, the boys that we're trying to assemble now for June. Um, I, I, I just, the only comment I can make about it is that there is movement and there's movement um, and there seems to be movement because there's accountability for things that perhaps haven't gone well. And if that's the case, then that's a healthy mission. Um, I, I, I think the governance of the game is in good hands, um, personally. Um, are there going to be some changes that need to be made? Possibly. I, I don't know enough about it. Um, and it's not really my remit to to make comments on that, um, as I said to you. So, um, yeah, I, I I really think it's it's uh, it's something I don't know enough about, and um, it's it's not really affecting me in answer to your question. Um, I feel we've got a we've got a good program here. I've got some great support from from guys like Dan Payne and and uh, Dave Hodges and Alex Magleby have been have been very supportive. We've got a great. Uh, Great coaching staff. Um, there's a, you know, there's a, there's a couple of areas we still need to work on, and we certainly need to improve in some areas quite drastically, if I'm honest. Um, but we, we're getting there. We, you know, the the, the plans are in place, and and um, uh, I hope, I hope the, the 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 cards will all align. Um, certainly by the end of the year, that we can feel we're in a very good position to prepare for the World Cup for next year. Well, I got to tell you, the, the positives seem to be in line, and I might be the eternal optimist when it comes to USA Rugby, but. Uh, 
you know, they brought in a coach of your stature, and you are spending a considerable part of time here on American soil. In fact, you were just this weekend, if I'm not mistaken, watching some collegiate matches between uh, CSU and Army and then BYU and Arkansas. Is that not right? Yes, yes, that's right. Um, yeah, I thoroughly enjoyed that. It was uh, it was uh, fantastic fun. So we went up to Colorado State on, on Friday night to watch them play the Army and then uh, just popped across the Rockies to, to Utah and watched BYU, as you say, playing against Arkansas State, which I thought was an outstanding game of rugby. Um, the quality was, was really, really good and, um, yeah, a good game to watch as well. Very competitive, good skill level. Um, I thought both teams were very, very well coached as well, as, as I did the night before. The unfortunate thing on the Friday night is it was it was absolutely <laughs> Baltic. It was so cold. So it was very difficult for the two for yeah. the two teams to get anything going. But, um, again, I, I've got to say, really impressed with the coaching staff there. I mean, two amazing coaches that I met on Friday night and, and, and on Saturday. And um, you know, the guys know what they're doing. I mean, it's it's an impressive it's impressive outfit. And, I, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm a big... Uh, I'm a big proponent of college football or rugby. <laughs> well, it's, you know, in essence, it's basically part of the minor league process or, you know, there is no, there is no division two for us in, in rugby for you. You know, like people, I, I see them on the internet saying, well, why don't you just treat it like England? You've got uh, this and that and that. And then you're, you just mentioned you had to cross the Rockies and that's just one section of the country, one small town. And I mean, one one state, and you've got all this travel. It's like you can't hop on a train in Exeter and go to London, right? It's it's a it's a the, no. the, the enormous no, geography. No, you're hundred percent right. As you said, it was just one state flight, and and I mean, it pretty much consumes your whole day by the time you've you've got to the airport and flown and and, and arrived there. So you're hundred percent right. Matt. I mean, the challenges, the logistical challenges are. Are incredible. Um, again, you, you spoke earlier on about the, the challenges that we've got lying ahead of us. I mean, even just to assemble a team, you know, you're not assembling a team from where, where if I use South Africa, for example, the longest distance you're going to fly is a two-hour flight. If you're assembling the entire Springbok team from around the country, uh, here you're flying guys from Europe. You're flying guys from New Zealand and Australia who, who are part of the national team as well. And then you're flying them from you know, every one of the states of, from America, wherever they are based. So it, it, it is a logistical, um, it's a very tough logistical prospect. And, um, and and I have no doubt that that's also been, been a factor in, in terms of being able to not allow the, the game to necessarily have, um, have grown as quickly as, as rugby enthusiasts would have liked it to. But I do think, um, I think the advent of the MLR is going to make a significant difference. All right, hold that thought, Coach. We're going to break for a quick commercial, and we'll be right back with Coach Gary Gold of Team USA after this. I've been blind since I was four, and I've never seen a beer commercial or a beer label. None of that stuff influences me. I drink beer because of the taste, and my beer is Pabst Blue Ribbon. It has the taste and the flavor. What do you think is on the label? I think there's a, a naked woman riding on a unicorn, jumping over fire. Oh, that's good beer. If you're in New York City and want to watch some great rugby, have some great food, and some great times, go to the world's best rugby pub. 
The Pig and Whistle on West 36th Street. Hey everybody, we're back. Matt McCarthy for Rugby Wrap-Up here at the Fantasy Sports Network Studio 34 with our Friends of the British Council Community Corner segment with Mr. Gary Gold, Coach Gary Gold of Team USA's Eagles. Coach, we left you uh, a moment ago when we were just about to talk about the MLR. And you've got Major League Rugby uh, in your backyard, specifically the Glendale Raptors and Rugby Town USA. And in your backyard, I mean by Lafayette, Colorado. Do you, do you intend on going to a lot of the matches? Oh, sure. Uh, this weekend, we're going to the Glendale game, which is here in in uh, Glendale, as you say, and then uh, Sunday going uh, going up to Seattle to watch Seattle play San Diego. So, um, yeah, really exciting times at the moment. Now, um, getting to see, well, I think it's about 60% of the national team uh, guys who are assembled during the ARC playing are playing Major League Rugby. Um, the, the great thing is they're getting to play rugby, which is which is the one thing that I'm obviously very very stoked about and then obviously being so close to where we are at the moment now and, and being able to monitor all uh, three games a weekend i think it's going to be about three games a weekend you know we'll be able to monitor that and, and keep a close eye on, on on the boys which which makes life a lot easier when they when they're closer to home even though the distances are far uh, we still can make the footage and, and watch them play regular rugby so very exciting times um, i've been in touch with uh, a handful of the coaches at, at the teams i think they're all preparing really well i think everybody's excited about it and um, if you just see a couple of the preseason fixtures and a couple of the results i think um i think it's going to be a highly competitive competition a lot of fun so that's good news to hear that you're going to be attending these matches and do you are you um are you handing down to some of the teams maybe some requirements that you'd like to see them implement in terms of training for potential eagles no, I don't think I would say we go as far as that. What we have done is we've reached out to every one of the franchises, every one of the MLR teams. We made contact with the coaches and the, and the management team over there. Uh, we have shared with them all our players' ARC reports and, and, and all the areas we believe we want to work on. Um, I'm very, very keen to have a, a completely, totally transparent relationship with all the coaches. I'm very happy to share what we are trying to do um, and the objectives of, of the skill set uh, around the skill requirements per position, around fitness levels, conditioning levels, which is which are areas we can really have a significant effect on. Um, obviously, we have GPS technology these days, so I'd like to share that information with the teams in terms of what our expectations are. Uh, but certainly, no, I mean, uh, you know, each one of these coaches is is, is highly experienced in, the, in their own right. Uh, and I'm, I'm quite sure they, they wouldn't need me or any of us at USA telling them how to coach their team. But what, what I would like to encourage is an open collaboration between ourselves and the teams um, and, and a sharing of knowledge. And um, we're certainly going we, we're certainly going to put that into place to, to offer our assistance to any of them in, if there's anything that they need from us, really. Well, you mentioned positions, and you know, you've got some needs on Team USA. You were a hooker yourself. And you've seen this this position of hooker evolve, right? I mean, it's it's no longer what it was. Yeah. Positional players are being asked to do more. You just mentioned GPS. I mean, it's like one of the one of the things is they monitor how much time you're on the ground, right? And then you got to get back up on your feet That's and back awesome. into play, right? What are you looking at in terms of strengths and weaknesses in your positional situation with with USA Rugby's national team? Well, Matt, without going into 
too much long, boring detail of every position. Certainly, uh, one of the issues you can control if, uh, uh, and, um, you know, I'll just, I'll just say it because it is, we are, a tier, we are currently a tier two country, um, obviously not yet in the top 10 of world rugby yet. Um, and it's certainly an objective. And when you have a look at all those criteria that are laid out and, and what you're going to need, what, what we are going to need to do at the Eagles in terms of being able to achieve that, or one of one of the things that you're going to have to be able to take a handle of, which is something you can completely control, and that's and that's the lifestyle of the players. You know, um, their fitness levels, their strength levels, their dietary um, behavior, their nutritional behavior. Um, you know, everything they do put in into their bodies is is, is absolutely critical. So, so from our point of view, that's and, and I mean, what better country in the world that understands strength and conditioning than in USA, I mean, if you consider the, the amount of fantastic athletes that USA do have in, in across all sorts of sports, from track and field to, to all the major sports that we spoke about a little bit earlier. So those resources are available, and those, those abilities are – you are able to achieve those abilities with your players. So I think that's a bit of a non-negotiable from our point of view. I mean, answer to your question about the hooker, um, that's a that's a really that's a really good uh, position to take as an example because, as you said, it has changed. I mean, a handful of years ago, maybe even before the game became professional, uh, so a lot of hookers could also could also play prop. Uh, they were big, strong scrummages, um, and they were probably part of the tight five club where you know as long as they scrummed and they mauled and you know they hit rucks. That was probably what they needed to do. The hooker had a little bit more of a responsibility because obviously he was responsible in those days for hooking to come back now and then obviously throwing in the lineouts. Um, in my time when we threw in the lineup, um, before the wings threw in the lineouts. And um, they, That's uh, right. you know, that was the responsibility. That was the responsibility of the hookers. But now, nowadays, um, well, the hookers are seen as a fourth loose forward. Um, if you take, if you take the, uh, the world-class hookers at this moment in time. I mean, Dane Coles, you could put him as a blindside blanker. Bismarck yeah. Duplessis, Malcolm Marks, um, you know, even even a couple of the hookers in, in, in France and even the Italian hooker as well. Uh, Gerald, Geraldino, I think is his name. I mean, these guys are these athletes. You know, these guys are running their equivalent on on Broncos and bleep tests that loose forwards are running, you know? Um, so, so the, the, the maker, and then they've still got to go and scrum and then they've still got to go do their main responsibility of getting the ball in the lineup. So, um, yeah, the, the demands of the game have, have become great over the last couple of years. You know, the collisions, I mean, because they are being measured are, are, are becoming a lot more ferocious. So the body has to be better conditioned to be able to take those collisions. And, um, uh, that's the beauty with the sport. It still is with all the changes that they've done and the law changes and the uh, variations that they've tried to change and interpretations of law. The game is still a collision sport, still a contact sport, which is fantastic, you know, and you still, you know, you've got to, you've got to physically summonate your opponent. Um, whether that's in the quality of a tackle or the, the power of a carry and, and the ability to use your footwork to get the offload away, you still need to have that skill set. So, Conditioning has become such a major factor in the game at the moment now, um, and something that we, we're putting a lot of time and energy into. Okay, so coach, I'm getting barked at from downstairs. We're just about out of time, and I can talk rugby with you forever. And I guarantee you, I'm going to chew your ear off a bit when we get out there in Glendale together at the at the uh, home opener between the Raptors and the Austin Elite. But three quick questions for you, real briefly, uh, before I let you go. Sure. Number one, do you do you have a position on the field that you consider the most important? Uh, I'd say I'd probably say two, nine, and ten. 
that probably have the most influence on the game. Two and nine and ten. Basically, that's like a baseball reference. Strength up the middle, in a way. That's it. Exactly. The spine of the team. That's right. Okay. Your favorite moment in rugby? Um, I think any time we've won a trophy, which Power Gen Cup with London Irish, or I think winning the series against the British and Irish Lions was, was really up there, but I'd probably say beating New Zealand in Hamilton to win the Tri Nations in two thousand nine. That's a that's a good one. That's that's got to be a, that's got to be a big memory. And finally, I know it's early, but fans out there are wondering: Do you have any kind of expectation at what success would be out of World Cup two thousand nineteen? I want I want us to be really competitive in the pool. The pool is a very tough pool. Um, I'm realistic about. Uh, how far I think we can go in the Rugby World Cup, but I, I really, really think we can be competitive. I think we can ask questions of all, all three of the opponents we're playing. Um, I'm not going to put expectations down in terms of winning or losing, uh, but I, I, I want the Eagles fans to be really proud when they watch the team in the Rugby World Cup. I want them to feel that there's a lot of fight in the guys and, uh, and that we've, we've put up a really good show against what is, I think, probably the pool of death. All right, well, coach, I really appreciate your time, and and I know you don't want to you don't want to give anybody any locker room fodder by making a prediction, but you've been successful everywhere you've gone, and helped organizations become better every time you've been there, and I just want to say that we're all looking forward to seeing you and your uh, your team do well, and we think you will, and we appreciate you coming on. Thanks, Matt. Thanks for your support through the whole of the ARC. Appreciate it. All right, my friend. And on that note, uh, on behalf of Coach Gary Gold, Matt McCarthy here at the Fantasy Sports Network Studio 34 in our Friends of the British Council Community Corner segment, signing off. <laughs>